Hi, I'm Jim Cuno, president of the J. Paul Getty Trust. We've asked members of the Getty community to share short personal reflections on works of art they're thinking about right now. This week, Maita Alvarez discusses a painted wooden sculpture by Louisa Roldan. I'm Maita Alvarez. I'm an art historian who works on exhibitions at the J. Paul Getty Museum. I have always loved exploring the past. For me, there's nothing more fantastic than touching our cultural DNA, holding a 500-year-old art object, artifact, or even a letter. Historians like explorers are driven by the idea of discovery, finding that thing that has been hidden away for hundreds of years. The most exciting thing I ever uncovered happened early on in my career. I had just graduated from college and got my first real adult job right here at the Getty. The museum had several new objects that required further research, and my mentors invited me to work on one of them, an almost life-size polychrome wood sculpture of a male monk who looks as if he's stepping forward with a mouth slightly open, right hand outstretched, as if he's going to speak. Complete with glass eyes, the figure displays a kind of heightened realism typically found in religious imagery made for Catholic churches globally in the late 1600s. There was a lot we did not know about the work. If not for the inscription, San Ginés de la Jarra, repeated along the hem of the vestments, we would have had very little idea who the figure was even supposed to be. Another inscription could be found on the base, 1690-something, the year the object was made. The identity of the artist was unknown, but the sculpture provided one tantalizing clue. Along the base traces of a 300-year-old signature. Unfortunately, time had worn off some of the letters. Over time, historians, curators, and dealers would play a sort of scholarly hangman, that childhood game where players have to guess the word or words by identifying missing letters. So looking at the partially legible signature on the base, the artist was assumed to be Jose Caro, the guessaway descents. Caro was active in the 1690s in Murcia, Spain, where there was a strong cult following for this obscure San Ginés de la Jarra. This must be the artist, no doubt. And in a case of confirmation bias, every scholar who looked at the base, myself included, swore we read the words, José Caro. I was sent to Murcia to do more research on the surviving works by José Caro and to try and confirm our hypothesis. But it quickly became apparent that San Ginés had nothing to do with José Caro. So who created the sculpture? I began to re-examine polychrome works created in Spain in the 1690s. Then one day, standing in the royal monastery of El Escorial, I came face to face with a sculpture that looked like ours. A similar nose, the outline of the lips, the knitted brows, the slight opening of the mouth. Suddenly everything clicked. San Ginés was by the famed court sculptor Luisa Roldan, also known as La Roldana. Looking at the basis of her sculptures, it became obvious just how badly we had misread the signature. Our base, like the other bases, now clearly read, Luisa Roldan, Escultora de Cámara, año 1692, designated court sculptor in 1692 by King Charles II, La Roldana probably produced San Ginés as a royal commission. I think about this sculpture and the process of rediscovering its artist a lot. There are so many objects out there with their own stories yet to be revealed. I often wonder just how many other La Roldanas, both figuratively and literally, are sitting somewhere 
waiting for their stories to be rediscovered. To view Louisa Roldan's sculpture of Saint-Genez-de-la-Ha from around 1692, click the link in this episode's description or look for it on getty.edu slash art slash collection.